Just look at this studio filled with fabulous prizes. Ooh. All waiting to be won on Score North's... Pick your prize! Behind door number one is a $10,000 gift card to Chanhassen Dinner Theaters for shows, concerts, food, and beverage. Ooh. Door number two has $10,000 in home improvements for your kitchen, bathroom, windows, and more from Minnesota Rusco and Companies. Ah. And behind door number three, LASIK eye procedure from Dr. Lobanoff at Ovo LASIK and Lens. And a fantastic vacation. No surprise zoinks. What you want, you pick. 14 prizes in all, each valued at $10,000. Sign up for Score North's Pick Your Prize. You can register daily through the Score North app or go to scorenorth.com keyword prize. Sweepstakes begins March 18th. Special thanks to our prize partners. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. It was here from Brett Brown's first day, so there's a bond there between them. Robert becoming the elite player that he's become defensively. Would you explain what just happened there with Ben Simmons? Well, Superman. Flew right down the middle, and no one decided to bother. I just I like the fact that that we beat them, man. I do want to beat those guys, but I want to beat every team. That's for sure. Like I said, a, a win at home is always good. Um, by that large of a margin, is great too, because guys get rest. I'm taking any and all wins, not just against the Timberwolves. You mean anything extra that you can no. talk about? <laughs> uh, that was a punking last night. We had a, a live watch party in studio. <laughs> well, Ra- for half, Rami for half we did. I was going to say, I heard you uh, You pieced out at halftime and said, okay, that's enough. Well, they were down by like 30 points at half. Didn't they allow 85 points in the first half? 83. And it didn't... It <laughs> yeah, didn't, don't make it worse than... <laughs> the magnitude God. of that didn't really settle in for me till I was in the car on the ride home. I got a ride home with our uh, Wolves reporter, Danny Cunningham, and about halfway through the ride, I, I, it just... It, the 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 magnitude of it hit me. I went. They scored eighty three in the first half. Like, yeah. how, how do you how do you even let that happen? Yeah. Have you guys ever? I'm, I know the answer with Judd, but have you guys ever seen Rocky three? Yes, of course. Where uh, Rocky is kind of like Rocky has two fights. Spoiler alert in the movie. And <laughs> the first fight, he almost dies. He just gets smoked. Right. And I always wondered, like, the plot doesn't make sense. His opponent, Mister T is working out in like a rat-infested basement, and he's hungry, and he's this jacked-up dude with a mohawk and like pitchfork facial hair. He's, he wants to destroy you. How would you walk into that fight knowing full well that this man wants to take your, your heart out of your chest? How do you walk in? Like, the plot didn't make sense. And for the Wolves last night, the plot didn't make sense. You know that those two guys, Jimmy Butler and Joel Embiid, who've been punking you all over social media, you know those guys want to embarrass you. And you walk in and don't expect their best haymaker and just are shocked, apparently, by... I don't think they were shocked. I think they are... I think they're 40 points worse than the Sixers? No, I think they are still that mentally weak, which is disturbing. I think that this is... This is what, as much as I don't like Butler, this is what he didn't like about th- this team. I, I think their star players are are mentally not prepared a lot of the time in situations... L- like this. If this was my sport, if this was hockey, the Sixers are coming back here in March, you would start a bench clearing brawl. 
Like you would deck Jimmy Butler. Like th- this is Embiid and Butler are out there to embarrass you, humiliate you physically, mentally, the whole thing. And until you stand up to that, and and I mean stand up to it. I don't mean come out and try hard and say we tried, which they did not last night. But until you stand up to that type of intimidation, you are weak. So you're you're going like you want like Bill Lambeer style yeah. stuff. Yeah. When, when the Sixers, the Sixers when the, the Sixers come here in March, I'm knocking uh, somebody's block off, and it's probably Butler's. Yeah, I'm not going to put up with this anymore. And the Embiid stuff, the Embiid stuff on Instagram and Twitter about Cat, which by the way he does continually to Cat. At some point in time, dude, do something about it. Like foul him really hard, knock him down. I don't care what you do, but. Carl Anthony Towns is a great player, but the final step that I would like to see from him in the playoffs, which we didn't see, in situations like this, is I want to see him say, enough of this BS, I'm going to do something about it. And it doesn't mean that you will necessarily win the game, but it does mean Embiid will say, I didn't see that coming. And until through last night, guys like Embiid and Butler push these guys around and they do nothing about it. Yeah, it no, bothers got, me. Like like Phil said, they got punked. They the the Sixers came into that game last night and took their lunch, and there was nothing that the Wolves could do about it. Jeff Teague after the game, and you don't hear guys admit this very often as openly as I did. He said that wasn't no normal game. Them dudes was at our heads. Jimmy wanted to beat us. We all know that. Joel Embiid wanted to beat Cat. That ain't a normal game. There ain't nothing normal about that game. That was a game we all had marked. And they dogged us. He admitted they had it yes. circled on their calendars and still couldn't show up for it. And the overwhelming thought that I had coming out of that game and while watching that game was Jimmy Butler for what if you don't like him, you think he's crazy, and he is. Basically, he was proven right in that game yesterday. Everything he said about the T Wolf, everything he said about the Wolves, everything he said about Cat, everything he said about Wiggins, everything he said about the organization as a whole was proven right last night. They had a chance to prove this dude wrong, and they did not show up. They got their lunches taken, and it wasn't even that hard to take their lunch. Yes, and I, I, in the NBA, because there's 82 games, they're just there's, there's a lot of games where you're on cruise control and whatever happens, happens. But then there are, like you said, Rami, there's those circle the calendar days. The Golden State Warriors had one last night. So the Golden State Warriors are in the... They're in the, the the arc of their championship run here is to the point that they don't really care about winning seventy games in the regular season. They've already done that. It doesn't right. doesn't matter to them. They right. already have like fifteen losses, and we're only halfway through the season. So the Warriors have said flat out, "We're taking our foot off the gas pedal starting now in the regular season, unless on five or ten occasions someone needs to be put in their place." The Nuggets, number one team in the Western Conference going into last night in the standings. And the Nuggets come along on the Warriors' schedule. The Warriors put up 51 points in the first quarter. They said, this is a circle-the-calendar game. People think the Nuggets are the next team in the Western Conference this year. Best team in the West. No, we're the best team in the West. We're going to throttle down. The Sixers had the same thing last night, at least at least on the Jimmy Butler-Joel Embiid front. And that's the major knock on Carl Anthony Towns, that when it's time, like you should always have some level of Passion and pedal to the metal. Andrew Wiggins only once in a while has it, and Towns has it more than Wiggins. But in those peak nationally spotlighted games, whether it's playoffs against the Rockets or Jimmy Butler is punking you in practice, you know, what's your comeback to that in the coming week? Or Jimmy Butler is now in a Sixers uniform and it's your turn to go in there against Embiid and Butler. 
and put up 25 points and 14 rebounds and go stick it to somebody. And what happens? 28 minutes, 4 for 10, 13 points, 3 rebounds. And, Come and, on, dude. But to me, last night was not about points. It was not, not about the score as much as that was about. And Bede and Butler want to intimidate you. And so it's about if you lose, make sure that you leave that building, and they did not do this, make sure that you depart on the bus having at least beaten them up physically. Is that such a having hockey guy been, thing, though? Having, I don't know no, I... no, no, but these, but these two guys, that's what they're after. They're not after style points, Phil. Embiid and Butler are after intimidating you. And so when you, what Wiggins, no surprise, what Cat did last night, what that team did as a whole was they completely shrank. They completely shrank. And it's embarrassing. If you're going to get beat, get beat going down against a team like that with some type of fight. I'm not talking throwing punches, but at least being tough. Jimmy Butler and Embiid laughed at that team last night, and they basically said, sorry guys, bye, instead of doing something about it. And that's why in March, when this team comes here, when the Sixers come here, you need to at least do something about it. Because until you do that, you are never going to be perceived as a real threat. Jimmy's a Jimmy's an amazing villain right now. I, I'm actively rooting for someone to just take him behind the woodshed. Not not with punches, but I want someone to just eat him for breakfast. I want LeBron James to come back healthy and, I don't know, somehow run into the Sixers in the NBA Finals at some point in the next couple of years or something and have Jimmy Butler re-sign back and get swept in four games. I'm actively rooting against Jimmy Butler now. And last night, like going in, just thinking in my head, this is the Wolves' chance. They already exercised the Tom Thibodeau thing, and now they get a chance to put Jimmy Butler in his place. 149 to 107. 149 to 107. You got completely embarrassed. But wasn't everything that Jimmy Butler said and thought about this Wolves team and the organization, one of his major beefs was that the, the young, talented guys on this roster who were supposed to be the centerpiece. He even said himself he shouldn't be the best player on this roster in the interview that he did with uh, with ESPN before he actually got the trade that he wanted so badly. He said, I shouldn't be the best guy on this roster, but nobody else is stepping up and being that. And he, he felt like the guys on that team, Cat and Wiggins specifically, didn't want it bad enough. Wasn't that proven last night? Didn't he come out and, and, and send that message last night and say to Wolves fans everywhere, yeah. look, don't like me if you don't want to like me, but I was right. Isn't that essentially the message that was sent Basically, on the court yes. last night? Basically, yes. But it disappoints me. This is the one area where Cat has to toughen up because he can. He can go out there and at least do something about it. It was as if they the Wolves had a chance last night to go in and, and at least defend themselves. Mm-hmm. And instead, you're right. But I don't understand why. I mean, these are grown men. Mm-hmm. They're well-compensated athletes. A lot of them are good at what they do. So to fall that short and get beat that bad and sort of just go away with, well, we didn't play well, we didn't do our job, this was your opportunity to basically come back and tell Butler, we're not who you thought we were, and instead, you're exactly right. They did everything that he had said. You, will, you, will you guys allow me another dumb metaphor? Please. Real quick here. Yes. It just popped into my head. Uh, I haven't been to a high school reunion. I went to my uh, five-year high school reunion. I didn't go to the 10-year. But you know how 
you've got certain social norms and and cer- like certain relationship dynamics are such in high school where this person's the leader of a group or this person's the cool person and yeah. then you go away for 5 or 10 years or some period of time and people evolve and improve and some people decline but when you get back into a room with people that you were with at that moment in time, it kind of goes back to the way it Everybody was. Everybody falls right? back into their right. roles. Yeah, that's what happened last night. Like the Wolves graduated from Jimmy Butler and and from Tom Thibodeau. They jacked up more threes in the two Ryan Saunders games. Carl Anthony Towns has been an absolute monster on the court. He's put up. He just had twenty seven rebounds in a game of earlier this week. Just an absolute monster in the post-Jimmy Butler era. Go look at the numbers with Jimmy Butler here and with Jimmy Butler not here, Carl Anthony Towns. But you put them all back in the same room, back in the same arena, on the same floor, and it's like the Wolves revert back to the way the relationship was. Oh, Jimmy's Jimmy's our master, and we must fall yeah, in line wh- and get why? drugged by Jimmy. I, I, but absolutely, I don't know. Why? It's ridiculous. Why, why not say you are a bleep hole, we know that, and therefore... We're going to physically at least come at you with our best game. And we're going to put together our best game. I don't understand that. And it's maddening. And the Timberwolves, so this incarnation of things won't change until they play a game like last night. And even if they lose, you say, okay, but they represented themselves and took a step. Yeah, Philly is a tough place to win. I'd have been okay with the loss last night on the road in Philly. But... Getting embarrassed is is what the problem is here. Not showing up for that game that Jeff Teague openly admitted they had circled on their calendar is the problem in that game. And you say, why, Judd? Maybe that's just who these guys are. Maybe, and I'm going to keep on saying this, maybe Jimmy Butler was right. Maybe you didn't like the way he said it, but maybe Jimmy Butler was right in everything he thought and said about the Wolves and about Cat and Wiggins specifically. Yeah, it's possible for Jimmy Butler to be right and also be a cancer. Sure, yeah. Right? It's Absolutely. Not like, it's not a zero-sum proposition. But I'm convinced there's more from Cat. Well, of course there is. He had Andrew, 13 points last night. No, no, no. But but what I'm saying is in these mentally, yeah. mentally in these games, there's more from Cat. Andrew, I have no clue, and there might not be. This yeah. might be him. He might be incapable of actually defending himself and playing well in situations like this. The Andrew thing is hilarious because Andrew Wiggins went Andrew Wiggins went 4 of 14 for 12 points, no assists, and was a minus 25. And like you don't even notice it because he does that all the time. Yeah, right. It wasn't like, "Oh man, Wiggins shrunk against the Sixers." It was like, "Oh, Wiggins had another 4 of 14 night." Just like he and probably did against the Hawks last and week. And you didn't right? see him. Yeah. So, that was therapeutic. <laughs> man. <laughs> This team, but they're gonna. I guarantee they bounce back. It was they had some sort of weird shell shock syndrome against Jimmy Butler. But how do you how do you get them where you want them to be? Because I think Tibbs was hired with that in mind. Like these guys aren't tough. These guys don't have the heart. These guys don't want it bad enough. Let's bring in the toughest, most hard nosed, most hard working guy who wants it more than anybody who lives, eats, breathes, and sleeps basketball, and he's gonna it's gonna be contagious. It's gonna be passed on from Tom Thibodeau and from Jimmy Butler to these guys. That didn't work. So I don't I don't think they get there until Cat does. And I'm convinced the Cat can. I think when when Carl Anthony Towns, there's gonna come a game or, or a playoff series or something where he's going to take that step, and when he takes that step, the entire team does. I feel like in the early KG era, there were some guys, I mean, KG, when he'd go up against Tim Duncan, 
or KG when he would go up against Chris Webber. Early KG had a hard time sometimes in those situations. And then eventually figured out as the team progressed and as he got to be 24, 25 years old, he figured out how to unlock it against the best. Towns can unlock it against the bottom-feeding Eastern Conference team. He can even unlock it sometimes against some of the better teams and better big men, but for some reason against Joel Embiid, and uh, there's a couple other players in the league. He actually unlocked it against Anthony Davis the other night. That was a good sign. Yeah, Because he had major issues with Anthony Davis the first three years. Against Embiid, it's mental. Embiid is in his head. And and there's going to have to come a game where he says, I don't care. Bang. That's it. But that's tough to do. But with Cat, I think it's mental. I, the, the talent is there. The desire is there. There's that next step, though. And until that next step comes, this is not truly going to be a successful franchise ever. Yeah. All right. So we just pounded the wolves for like 15 minutes there. <laughs> We're going to switch gears entirely when we come back here because we have a trophy to hand out to Judd Zolgad, 2018 Write That Down batting champion. Everybody's a winner. At least me. It's a trophy that Rami Makhlouf can I want aspire it. to have. I want it so bad. <laughs> I want it so, oh, so I'll bad. I'll sell it to you. <laughs> <laughs> I want to earn it, Judd. Oh, okay. It's the all-new Score North on 1500. That's S-K-O-R, scorenorth.com, and at Score North on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. In fact, if you want to see Matthew Collar with Sean McVay hair, go to our uh, Twitter page right now. It's impressive. Go to Score North Twitter page, and then, uh, and then light your phone on fire. Mackie and Judd with Rami from the TCL Broadcast Studio. All right, let's take a look at the traffic around the Twin Cities. 35W southbound up near Moundsview. There's a crash between US 10 and US 910A. We got a vehicle spun out on 36 westbound between 35E and Rice Street up in Little Canada. And there's a crash on 169 southbound near Edina between 494 and Anderson Lakes Parkway. Boys, I think we've got an award, right? We do. Write that down. Write that down. I, I don't have a pencil. Well, remember that then. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. Thank you, Jonathan Harrison. It's uh, Rami and Judd. It's Rami and Judd. I'm already screwing up the name. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. Well, I mean, if you want to quit the show, that's right. <laughs> Knock yourself out. It's Rami and Judd with Jonathan, and I quit. <laughs> Hi, Rami. What's going on? <laughs> on the all-new Score North on 1500, <laughs> scorenorth.com. Am I that hard to work with? <laughs> it's just a, a show and a half. It's Robbie <laughs> Butler. <laughs> Robbie Butler in the afternoon. <laughs> Loser, 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 winner. <laughs> so every week on Mackie and Judd throughout the past, I want to say four years now, uh, we make predictions on Fridays in a segment called Write That Down. Write it down. You like writing things down. I think we're the only talk show in America that goes on the record with predictions and then holds each other accountable and keeps track of our batting averages throughout the year. I have never heard of another who show else that would do that. Right. I mean, are, are there rules to write it down? You have to have something specific that we can quantify. Okay. Otherwise, you wind up with the famous example. I once predicted that Carl Anthony Towns, by the end of whatever season, would be regarded as the man on the Timberwolves roster. That is not quantifiable. That was the prediction. not quantifiable. To which we said, sure, he will be, but you can't get points for that. (laughs) Uh, So with with that said, we have tallied up, and, and we already did this on our show, but we actually have an official trophy to give away. The 2018 Write That Down batting average champion with a batting average of just over 260 is Judd Zolgad. Stand up. Thank you. And accept your well award done, here from Manny Hill. And let's get a, Seth is in here, our social media uh, guru. Let's get a zoomed in shot 
of of it's a very nice trophy. It really is beautiful. Yep. And for, for Rami, can you just describe this beautiful trophy to our uh, audio audience? It here? looks like a baseball bat that predates Babe Ruth, um, <laughs> that has been sitting in a barn or something ever since it was actually used. Um, it is tattered. It is falling apart, and uh, you very, very. There might be termites crawling all over Judd's hand right now. Hastily wrote twenty nine, twenty eighteen. Write that down, champion. Uh, in fact, I've got some highlighted correct predictions from Judd's write that down oh, batting championship okay. season two. If the audience would like some, mm-hmm. uh, Judd correctly predicted. This is a prediction that goes back to two thousand sixteen, but it came through in two thousand eighteen that Johnny Manziel would join the CFL before he got back into the NFL. Joe was correct. So we can make predictions years out as part of write that down. In fact, I like to do that. Okay. Judd has a bunch that are like with no end point in sight. All right. Larry Brown will coach again. Like, okay, we have to wait till he dies. (laughs) Yeah. I'll have been fired by then. So who knows? Uh, Judd also correctly predicted that Jack Morris would rip current players in his Hall of Fame induction ceremony. And he. He did allude something along the lines of like players now, Today's analytics game, yeah. or something, yeah. right? Right. <laughs> and uh, congrats also to Judd, who had Mike McCarthy getting fired as coach of the Packers in 2018. Well on done. his way to a champion. Predictions well done, like sir. that yeah. took me to this title, which got me a bat, which is probably from circa 1910. I want that trophy. I want that trophy. How bad do you want it? I'm coming for you, Judd. Now, are we keeping the now? Is the bat the trophy in perpetuity, or are we going to well, have a wrote, new bat next year? Since my name and year is on that, bat. I was going to say he wrote the name yeah. and year on there because it sounds like you want to so. come for that trophy. I, do. In I particular. want that. I want that trophy badly. I want. I just want that bat. Well, what if? So we've got the name written in Sharpie. <laughs> what if it's like the Stanley Cup? Trophy, the Stanley Cup, uh, you know. Oh, okay, so every year we just write the name and and the 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 year and the name of the winner. Yeah. Okay. I wrote it in block letters. Well, hold on a second. Bit, you don't have any more old no. bats? You don't I have any more bats from 1923? No. I actually do have another no. one in there's my office. in his office? He's got <laughs> like a whole bat side, rack There's a side <laughs> one here, but then there's an empty side here. So if Rami comes and gets it for ne- uh, next year, we could just put your name right here and you could take this particular one. There's I want, some, there's I some want cat it. hair on the handle. Do you want to touch <laughs> it? Do you want to touch the trophy? It's got really weird. What kind of grip is that on Okay, I can only see part of what's going on here and it's very suggestive. Rami was touching the trophy. Rami, that's not the bat, <laughs> Write it down. You like what's this grip, Phil? I'll just that's what I was asking. What I want what to know is what's this that? grip on the bat? It's like, what is it? It looks like one of those uh, the finger cuff things. You know what I mean? Where you Chinese put, finger yeah, traps. the Chinese finger traps where you put your finger in each end of it and you couldn't get them out. I have no idea. I've never seen that on a bat before. That yeah. thing seriously has to be from like. The 1920s, if Did not Babe earlier. Did Babe Ruth swing that at one point? No, no, I think this was pre-Ruth. Oh, wow. Nap Lajouet, Where did you get this thing from? Uh, I actually, I actually truthfully got that from my girlfriend's grandma's farm in Janesville, Wisconsin. <laughs> and it was only used to kill two men back in 1905. Yeah, some bloodstains on the other one. I figured we'd bust that out later. <laughs> That's how they got the livestock prepared. <laughs> Some other hold on, some other correct predictions from Judd Zolgan. Can we go back after that? Some other correct predictions. You had Miguel Sano finding out his suspension fate on Friday, March twenty third, as a specific date, as a Friday news dump. That was a great one. Yeah, and he nailed it. 
Yeah. Nailed the date and everything. Yes. Wow. As a as a and he said quote as a Friday news dump meaning later in the day. Yeah. And it was. Yeah. Okay, five I'm gonna have to come correct if I want this thing. Uh, you said Case Keenan would sign with the Broncos. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the Gophers football would upset the Badgers this season. Yeah. And the wow. U.S. goal, the U.S. Wow. would win gold in curling too. Like, yeah. It's like spanning all sports. That yeah. is, I'm impressed. I'm thoroughly impressed, Judd. Well and done, sir. There was a lot that were wrong that Phil won't read today. Well, I mean, yeah, you batted two sixty-three. I batted two sixty-three. Yeah, <laughs> about seventy-five percent. I think the Snow News Dump was my best one. That's, that's I just some had of your a feeling to get it the was... date, to get the date, and and essentially the time of day correctly is that's pretty impressive. Well, in fairness, we were nearing the time when the announcement had to come. And since it wasn't about good news, I figured news dump Friday, right? Right. So, but I think we were right about the time there where, where we said they have to decide because it was a potential suspension. So I said, it's got to be this Friday. And I was right. Pretty good. Uh, you don't get as much credit for predicting that a coach, in this case, Mike McCarthy, would be fired because I feel like every year you fire half the league and write that down. You just shoot your shot. Do it every so, uh, did time it again. today on Purple Daily. Yep. Yep. <laughs> That's right. Every time right. I get on a show, I try and come up with who's going to be traded or fired or dump. <laughs> so in our in our quest to get to know Rami and have our audience get to know Rami Makloff, who is new to uh, 1500, Score North on 1500, and uh, the Mackie and Judd Show, what's the most wrong? You've been doing sports radio and sports media for a decade and a half, Yeah. right? Yeah. What's the most wrong, or the three things, or whatever it is, the most wrong you can remember being? Two years ago. The Bucks made me look foolish like four times in the same season because it was a very roller coaster type of season. And I try not to be the reactionary sports talk radio host, a guy who, you know, flips his lid over every little thing that happens or predicts championships every time a team wins a basketball game. But that team was so Jekyll and Hyde that there were points in the season where I was like, guys, this team. This could be like a three seed. You know what I mean? But then there were other times in the season where I was like, just tank this thing. This isn't going anywhere. They're an awful basketball team. What, are we going to get an eight seed? We're going to get an eight seed and stay in the middle of the pack again? Just tank the whole thing. And I seriously, I swung in those two directions at least twice in, in, in each direction over the course of the season and just looked foolish about the Bucks for 82 straight games, essentially, is what happened to me that year. It wasn't one instance. It was like over the course of the season, I would swing one way, and then they would turn it around and go the other way. It was amazing. I think the most wrong that we've been recently here, in, t- in tandem anyways, I was scrolling through some Instagram photos, just going through uh, my, my Instagram account, just like trying to find something. I stumbled upon a photo that Judd and I took. Well, someone took of us. It was Judd on one side, me on the other. Big, geeky, goofy grins on our face with someone in the middle. And it was, the caption was, just three basketball guys all, like, having a great time. And Tom Thibodeau was the one in the middle. Oh, he joined the show? <laughs> yeah, he oh was my on God. the show. And then and then Tips, the, the second time we ran into him was we were doing a show from the Skyway. Uh, not the the fishbowl broadcast booth, but, like, the actual Skyway outside. The, I think it was across the hallway from Target Center. And Tom Thibodeau came walking by in his tracksuit. Opening day. And he gives us a big smile and a big way. Like, yeah. those are the guys that I hit it off with. Tom Thibodeau smiles? Oh, yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. Once ever. Going yes, to get lunch. When he saw us, his two favorite radio hosts. <laughs> I knew. We loved Tom Thibodeau for three weeks, and then it was over. I knew that we were in trouble with Tibbs when he came on our show that day in the uh, in the fish tank. 
in the arena, and Phil said to him, so, I mean, you like to have fun, right? I mean, what do you do for fun outside of basketball? And you know, you, you expect him to say, I like movies or sure. something, right? Netflix. Basically said no. Just basketball. He didn't comprehend the question. Just he was basketball. Like, what? What do you like? Are you trying to be friends with me he right became, now? Like, no, I'm just wondering. Asking him that question on that show made him less fun. Instead of like loosening up and being like, "Oh yeah, let's talk about something besides basketball," he became less fun. He became defensive. Not really defensive, but he just like he dialed it back. Like you're not asking about basketball right now. I think most people would appreciate in that spot to be asked something so that they don't have to talk about inside trade secrets with right. their sport. Oh, cool. We get to talk about this over here. And it was like his brain couldn't compute anything other than X's and O's and basketball. It turned off. Yeah. He like, just uh, turned off. Uh, I, I eat to not starve. Like, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I, I feel like I sleep sometimes. That's I feel one like of my there's hobbies. three phases to Tom Thibodeau's <laughs> life basketball, food, sleep. Yeah. Like, that's it. <laughs> that, that's Tom Thibodeau's it, it, existence. Like bathroom, but only if necessary. <laughs> And just yell, <laughs> arbitrarily yeah. yell. Oh man! Medium rare, medium rare. <laughs> God, I'm actually I'm actually curious to see where and how he resurfaces next. Uh, TV could be a fun option. College basketball could be an option for him to torment. Can you imagine him recruiting. Can you imagine? Actually, Tom yes. Th- really? Yes. How? Don't you have to have some kind of charisma and personality to recruit? Well, okay. I when you phrase it that way. Could I envision him successfully recruiting? Probably okay. not. All right. Could I envision him getting out on the road and running around? I mean, he went to L.A. to meet with Jimmy Butler. I, mean, I think he. I don't think he's a homebody in that regard. He'll travel around, and I, so think I don't think that's going to be a problem. If he coaches college hoops, his program within five years will be killed because he'll cheat so much. Like, there's no way that that guy wouldn't go into a top recruit's home with a bag of cash and a keys to a car and be like. All yours if you play for me, right? He was. There's no way that that guy wouldn't cheat. He couldn't. He couldn't stand it. Right. He couldn't stand the thought of. Well, I gotta go convince a kid. He'd go convince him. He'd bring him a car. He'd bring him cash and whatever else. I love how we like have such a distaste for Tom Thibodeau that we just put major NCAA recruiting violations on him. Like, just do you not agree? Do you not agree that he would (laughs) cheat? He probably would, yeah. He probably I think would. he would absolutely cheat. Mike, Mike Krzyzewski probably cheats. I don't know. Like, How do you get all those good players for 30 Coach, years? You probably, care? You you probably pay me? some players under the table. No. No way. No what way. are you talking Come about? On. Not blasphemy. Uh-uh. You and, don't think there's even a slight percent chance that Mike Krzyzewski gave Grant yeah, Hill I'm, some money back in the early 90s? I'm being 100% sarcastic. Okay. <laughs> I was kidding. Like, Bill, like Rami was too. Whenever I, whenever I see a billionaire, I'm like, that guy's done something wrong to get that rich. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and anytime I see a, like, a long-term successful college coach, no matter the sport, I'm like, that guy's doing something. That guy's doing something. He's just really good at not getting caught. But that dude's doing something. Is the hatred for billionaires just because you share the name of a billionaire who kind of Screwed you over on an apartment? <laughs> no, this predates that. This predates that. When can we tell? Can, you, can we tell that story today, or should we wait yeah, till later no, this week? No, whenever you guys want. I'm, I, w- I would love to tell why I'm homeless right now. <laughs> it's to, a hell of a story. I'd love to explain that to the fine folks. Oh, let's of the Twin Cities. Let's explain it when we get back. Then okay. All right. All Ma- right. Mackie and Jeb with Rami on the all new Score North on 1500 from the TCL Broadcast Studios. All right, so look at the traffic around the area. There's a crash on 94 eastbound in St. Paul between 61 and exit 243 Mounds Boulevard. There's a stalled vehicle on 394 westbound between exit 7 at Penn Avenue and Lake Street near Minneapolis. And another stalled vehicle, 494 northbound near Plymouth. 
uh, between exit 20 Carlson Parkway and Hennepin County Road 6. Boys? Thank you, Jonathan. Judd, you got that picture up right in front of me, and it's really weird. Yeah, it's freaky. It's very, very <laughs> freaky. Collar with Sean McVay hair? Yeah. Yes. Very odd. I don't even know what to make of it. It's just... It's, uh, I'm a little jealous. He calls it the rhino horn. I kind of like the name. Well, I can't make fun of anyone with any kind of hair because I was going to say, if we're, if we're putting hair on anybody here at the station, it should probably be you or Danny Cunningham <laughs> or Manny Hill, I or guess. Manny. Yeah, they Manny. all. Yeah, Actually, can exactly. we get Sean McVay hair on Manny too, just to see? Little, but yeah, uh, I'll tell you that. All three of you guys, though, correct me if I'm wrong, it looks like bald by choice. Uh, bald by choice for me. I mean, it's definitely not, you know, it, I, I'm receding more than I was 10 years ago. Yeah, but, the alleys yeah. are deep. I think Manny yeah. is not. Yeah. I think Manny told me he's not. Oh, he's not? Okay. I think he oh, I think he said that, that it was going, and so he just ditched it. Just went with it. Danny has to be bald by choice because he's like 13 years old. <laughs> so there's no way that he's not. Yesterday, but you got the great hair. Yeah, so. yesterday he said he could challenge me for best hair on the station, which I, I brought with me from Milwaukee to... to <laughs> To hear Do you the, take it off at night? The twins <laughs> I'm taking the Rami off now. Good night, Rami. You know what it is? Have you guys seen the movie The Hook with Robin Williams from the early 90s? Yeah. You've got the Captain Hook hair. I do. That Dustin Hoffman had I do. in that movie. Absolutely. And the nose to go with it. Takes yes. off his bear's hat and the hair comes with it. <laughs> but I said, Danny, I need to see it in its full glory for you to to, to challenge me. So he's claiming, best hair on he's, the claiming he, he's got good hair? He said, yeah. Oh, and, I I want to see him grow it out. There. I mean, Let's see it this. looks like he has a full, thick head of hair. He just chooses to shave it off. Okay, well then let's see it. Is this okay. a new fight me segment? <laughs> Who's got better hair, Rami or Danny, Danny Cunningham? Or, Dan- or Danny's certainly not me hair. or you, yes. Jonathan. <laughs> we got hair, but it's we, bad hair. We just got boring hair. But I Danny, got bad Danny's hair. Danny's arguing a hypothetical right. made of hair that doesn't exist right now. Right, I, right. That's why I said grow it out. I want to see it. Either has to grow it out or show pictures. And when I say good I head of out. hair, I don't even necessarily mean the style. Like I don't spend very much time on my hair to get it to look this way. It's a pretty plain look. Yeah, I just, you woke up like that. I just mean like the, the exactly. I, he hasn't I mean, washed it in three years. Don't worry about I it. Mean, I mean the qualities of a head of hair, the thickness, the fullness, the color, the bounce, the curls, everything that goes into having a good head of hair. I, I think that I, I I check off all the boxes. I gotta yeah. agree. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, so uh, that's that was an amazing five minutes right there. <laughs> Glad we just did that. Me too. Uh, so, can you? So, you're. Uh, we're, we're we're introducing you to the audience here throughout the week as uh, as part of our show and part of Score North. But your journey to uh, be in this studio and to to be part of our team had some, I guess, yeah. some bumps in the road. Can you just tell oh. the story of how uh, your last two weeks have gone behind the scenes? Well, I got a tweet here from uh, Michael McGivern. Seems like a really nice guy. Says, hey, yes. Rami, I'm a local realtor. I'd, if you need help with a rental, I'd be happy to support you in your search. And I'm sure you would, Michael. And I'm sure you're very good at what we you do. We can vouch for him. Mike's a good guy. I don't know if you can help me with this particular problem, though. So, <laughs> Mike, Graham, he might run, run into trouble when he's trying to put your name through as well. As That's a yeah, possibility. Mike, Mike are okay. you a lawyer as well? Yeah. <laughs> All right. An immigration lawyer. Yeah. So I, uh, I I went apartment hunting, as as one will do when they're moving to a new city. I found a place that I love and 
I applied for it, and I was I was very transparent and honest with the guy when I applied for it. I said, "Look, man, my my credit's taken a, a, a few dings here and there over the years, but I got this new job, and I, I got a house back in Milwaukee. I'm going to rent for some supplemental income. Like I can afford this place. Don't don't worry about it. It's all good." And he said, "Oh yeah, we work with people who you know have have questionable credit from time to time." He said, "As long as." Your income is is three times the rent. Yeah. We're good. The place is yours. Yeah. So credit was like your biggest. You were just your right. biggest. I was concern like, yeah. If I can get over that hurdle, then then we're good. And he made it sound like we could get over that hurdle. So I I applied for the apartment, and uh, he calls me back a day later and says you were rejected. And I said uh, I I I recalled the the conversation that I just described to you guys. And I said, what's what's going on here? What's the problem? I don't see why I would be rejected. And uh, he used some very cryptic language. He said, I'm not allowed to disclose to you over the phone what it is, but there is something more than the credit getting in the way. <laughs> Hold on. So and, let's pause the okay. story for a second. All right. Okay. Uh, that right there mm-hmm. is like, what were you feeling before you continued the conversation? Well, here's the point? thing. This was very similar language to what I heard when my PayPal and my Venmo accounts in the last year or so were both frozen. They they both told me things very similar. So I started connecting the dots, and I was like, and I, I, I knew about this guy who we're about to describe who this guy is. I knew about him, and that I shared my name with him. So I started connecting the dots and going, could this really be happening? Is this really what's happening here? So... I have the right to request a copy of the screening report that that the they go through a third party company that screens you. I have the right to request a copy of that screening, and I did. And uh, down at the bottom of the report, when it comes to the uh, the criminal record portion of of the screening, <laughs> yes, I see my name is flagged by OFAC. No, that's not an FCC violation. That is the office. For foreign assets control, because I share the same name, first and last name, as a Syrian genocide funding billionaire. They thought I was a 50-year-old Syrian genocide funding billionaire. And lest anyone in the Twin Cities thinks I'm that Rami Makhlouf, I'm very anti-genocide. Okay, let's start there. I'm very That's a positive. I'm very That's anti-genocide. Probably. So that sets us apart. The, probably the, a good position to the, have. The, the, the yes. irony of all of this right. is the initial concern that you talked about with the apartment uh, landlord yeah. was, you know, just like financially, I just want to make sure this isn't a stretch for both parties. Mm-hmm. And he said, no, we think you're a billionaire who's funding <laughs> terrorism. So, right. So when when your previous accounts had been frozen, yeah, did you track down exactly why at that time? No, I'll be honest with you. I accused both those companies of just being racist and freezing my accounts because they saw a very Arabic sounding name in their records. They were just like, yeah, let's make sure. Yeah. Like I, when I say, I should apologize to both PayPal and Venmo because when I say I accused them of being racist, I very blatantly and angrily on the phone with customer service representatives accused those corporations of being racist. Did you go on air with this? Um, what's that? Did you go on air accusing? Not them? at the time. Oh. Not at the time. No. So who? Okay. On the on the PayPal and Venmo conversations, yes. was it just like some secretary on the phone? Just like was yeah, it, it was probably oh, just some customer service representative who probably like didn't deserve my ire. But what, I, weren't you? Okay. Yeah. The second time an account got frozen though, weren't you thinking to yourself, 
I really need to find out why, because well, now it's just weird. Well, no. I did research and found out that PayPal bought Venmo. So I was like, okay, oh, okay. okay. So right. they're, they, they, they keep the same records gotcha. and are both racist. Like that, that, was, that, was my, that was the assumption. That was the conclusion that I jumped to. So, but then once, once this OFAC thing popped up on the apartment screening, I started connecting those dots and going, could this really be a thing? But like, in addition to being... Anti-genocide. Um, I've never left the country. I've never been to Syria. This dude is 50 years old. And just look at the rest of that credit report. I am poor. Like, <laughs> I am not a billionaire, damn it. <laughs> like, if you, saw, if you saw the full credit report, you would just look at the financial part of it and then the criminal records part of it and be like, okay, yeah, that's, yeah. Not, that's, obviously, that's obviously not the same guy. Like, there is a collection agency after him for his Target card. Like, that's clearly, that's clearly not the Syrian billionaire, okay? That doesn't, these oh. things are not adding up, but... I think we're on the road to getting this corrected and and getting me an apartment. Where are things here now? Soon. Well, I did get a a email from the screening company saying that we've determined you are not the Syrian genocide funding <laughs> thank billionaire. You so yeah, much. Thank you so much. And you're yeah, also yeah. not rich. I'm also not rich. No, not Man, at all. You are poor. In fact, we're going <laughs> to deny you for that now. <laughs> So I, th- I think I should have an apartment soon. But the Airbnb yeah. I'm saying in is quite nice. Yeah, nice yeah. little. Uh, has has a guy named Jonathan Harrison ever run into issues of being confused with terrorists? Probably uh, not. I can't think of any time that's ever happened to me personally. No. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. So maybe Michael, fortunately. So Michael McGivern, I, I really, I don't know if you can help with that. Dude. <laughs> Mike's like, I'm out. Yeah. He just, he just bails. He tweets you back. I'm out. Don't the worry about me. Rami was telling me this story a couple weeks ago, and the other, and I. I'm glad that it didn't it didn't because one of the concerns you had, too, was, well, in order to get your name cleared, it was actually a government uh, agency that you had to go. Is that I I wasn't sure if this would if this would be able to be cleared up until this government shutdown was over. Right. It's like April and (laughs) (laughs) Rami's just. But can you imagine having to call your new boss? Like I I had to call my new boss and be like, hey, man, uh. I'm having trouble finding a place because they think I'm a terrorist. Yeah. Like, and, I'm, and so, <laughs> so on on my end of the phone call, you know, everything is good. We, we love Rami. We're excited to bring Rami in. And, you know, like people rave about Rami and everything. And, <laughs> and he calls, or he texts and said, hey, there's been kind of a snafu. And I just want to talk on the phone. And I'm like, ah, that's whatever. Some things happen. And, <laughs> You're like, not like expecting 15 that. or 20 seconds in when he says, so I got denied this apartment, and it's because my name popped up on a background search list. And I'm at that point in the conversation, I was like, "Oh my god!" Like I've, he hired, mur- I've he mur- hired a terrorist. He murdered someone and didn't tell us in the interview process. Oh my god! Well, that's not He's, something I would reveal in the interview process. No. <laughs> oh man, that's amazing. Yeah. Well, Judd has kind of a like. Judd doesn't have the most like meat and potatoes, you know, so again, Bill no. Anderson name before. You've never run into uh, no. No, I have not. Thankfully. <laughs> Thankfully I've never gotten that phone call. And the funniest oh, thing is, as soon as I as when this happened, I have I have a text thread with a circle of my buddies from high school, like five or six of us, so I explained to them what happened and they immediately found the humor in it and just they just Googled Rami Makloff and found I've got like, it right here. Found like three Google. three or four different Rami Makloffs and were just sending me pictures of Good Rami Makloff. Guy, this guy. He, he is. is a decent looking guy. You, should, my see, age? you should see his son. Rami Makloff Jr., 
who looks like if I grew up with privilege. Like, this dude is jacked. He's driving Ferraris. He's out there with supermodels. Like, this guy is living my best life. <laughs> I was a little upset when I saw that. Oh, my God. So uh, so that's Rami Maklov, and uh, he is not he is not the not. Five, five billion dollar net worth Rami Maklov. I am not the other Rami Maklov. But hey, if Score North succeeds, you're headed that direction financially. It'll that's be, right. It'll be great someday. Uh, Judd, we have to we have to give you here. Let's do it right now. Let's give Judd what take five minutes oh, to do what five. you to do what you need to do with the Minnesota Wild here uh, last night. Dustin Brown must score to keep the Kings alive in the shootout. Brown fans, and then doesn't get all the second attempt. Stalock makes the save, and the Wild win it in a shootout. Stonewall Stalock. Yeah, he was good. Alex Stalock, congratulations. He he should actually play more. He was good. But last night, so I'm flipping back and forth, right? Sixers game, and then that was completely out of control. So I go exclusively to Wild Kings. And the Wild plays really hard for the entire game, and they play well. Against a team that was going into that game points-wise as the worst team in the National Hockey League. A night after the Wild had lost at Philadelphia, which went into that game as the worst team in the National Hockey League. Anyway, here's what kills me about this. This group of guys. So they're talking about, oh, they're playing hard and they're working hard and it's fantastic and look at how hard. It is a complete indictment of this team that they spent the Detroit game and the Philadelphia game basically playing terrible hockey. They give up seven goals to Philadelphia. Then they come back. This is so them. Then they come back on Tuesday night, and they work really hard, and they pat themselves on the bleeping back like this is some great accomplishment that they came back and actually tried in this game after that dog of an effort on Saturday and on Monday. It was embarrassing. This is why you have to break up this roster, why this collection of players does not even come close to working. Honest to God. We are crediting them with that. We're crediting the Wild with playing hard against an awful team when, by the way, the past two games against terrible teams, they didn't try, and then they come back and they try, and it's like, oh, they've really rallied around. And now, and because the Western Conference is so bleeping awful now, they've got a chance pretty quickly here, if they can, which I doubt they will, to move up to third place. They play the Ducks tomorrow night. The Ducks have lost 11 consecutive games. Watch them lay another egg. But nonetheless, this is why this team drives me crazy. Wait a second. So to dissect the last minute and a half there. So the Wild, uh, they won last night. In a shootout. So they gave up they, a point to the Kings. They actually. won last night. Yeah. They won last night, period. They uh, they could, in your words, they have a chance to jump up to the three seed in the Western Conference. Because the Western Conference has been absolutely period. awful. So after they, I thought it would they be good. won last night, and yeah. they have a chance to jump to third in the Western Conference. Yeah, and you're I mean, this all mad sounds pretty good. And you're mad at them. Oh, I'm livid. I'm they, livid. They'd be in the playoffs right now. They, yeah, if the playoffs started, and today. they have no business being there. They also have a game in hand on the Stars, so they could be. They could even jump up to the yes. seven seed. Yes, and that's how that's how disgusting. This team and this conference is. It makes me absolutely sick to my stomach. You had a chance to pick up two points on Saturday, two points on Monday, two points, which they did on Tuesday, and you've gotten so far two out of a possible six points against bottom-feeding teams. And bully for you, you come out last night and decide it might be time to try So this hard. is definitely an overreaction uh, to regular season hockey. I agree with Patrick on that. What would make you happy in regards to the Wild? 
What would make what would what would take away your angst? In uh, several to the trades right now. Several trades taking players off this roster after we've watched this collection time and time again. Absolutely, you know what? Right down their breezer pants. And what would make me happy is trades. Start trading, guys. Eric Stahl, February 25th, trade deadline. Eric Stahl gone. You got to shop, guys. You got to trade, guys. Get what you can. This should not be a playoff team. I'm done. <laughs> For a team that's about to be a three seed? Yeah, I'm done. I'm through. Uh, oh, I, it's a long story. It's, it's a complicated a long, relationship. It's a long history. So this Divorce is, is inevitable, Ron. One of my favorite... <laughs> One of my favorite reconcilable differences themes oh, yeah. on this show for five years. Uh-huh. The Wild have been the same team for five or six years. Where, well, except for the one year that they did lead, I think they led. They were second in the Western Conference in points. Was it maybe two years ago? Like two years ago or something. Boudreaux's first year. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, otherwise, they're the team that kind of sneaks into the playoffs and maybe does something in the first round and then goes away because they don't have the top line. Center, they don't have the top line scoring, and then their goalie is sometimes streaky, but not consistently great. So they're just, they kind of are who they are. And my view on the Wild has been, well, they kind of are who they are, and like, I don't know. They're, no they're point get getting in getting upset about get, it, right. And oh, I yes, think, but I think Judd... <laughs> oh, there's a point in getting, getting upset about it. But where, where we have differing views is your expectation of them is up here, and the reality of them is here, and it's the middle ground there that upsets you. The gap between where they are and what they should I be in feel, your mind. I feel about the wild like Collar does about Cousins. When you watch them consistently, they drive you crazy. And I just want them broken up. It's just like a school... It's like a class of children where you're like, these kids are bad kids. I just want them dispersed and broken up. And and they fired their GM after the playoff ouster last spring, brought in a new GM, and he eventually is going to break this team up. But they need to do it. Do you have faith, though, that if they break it up, the next incarnation of the Wolves will be it or, or the, not wild. the Wild will be any better? Uh, I have to. <laughs> I have to believe in something. It's like love. I have to believe it exists. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just done. I'm not disappointed now. But you're, I'm just, but you're I'm not. Just but you're not done. I'm. Just you're, but done. you know that you're not done. Okay, you're I'm not. Go back for more. I will go back for more. But I'm. I'm done as far as this incarnation does not work. But when you lose to the Detroit Red Wings, you, they gave but up two. Hockey. They gave up two goals to a guy named Thomas Vanek, and you want a complicated relationship. Vanek is a complicated relationship. A guy that signed here with big expectations and did nothing. But you can't, okay, not to keep perpetuating this, but you can't say in either, in either hockey or baseball, if the worst team in the league plays the best team in the league, the worst team is still going to win three or four times out of ten. Mm-hmm. In football, if the Patriots play the, well, uh, who would be the worst team this year? The the Cardinals or something, right? Or if the, if the Saints play the Cardinals. Sure. One time out of ten, maybe, does the worst team win. But hockey and baseball, like the games are three to two and the ball and puck bounces the odd way. So you you getting mad at wild losing to bad teams. And the wild aren't the best team. The wild are like a middling team yeah. against a bad team. But Detroit's team. a bad team. So it's kind of a sixty forty game. But you've got to but if you lose a game in which you actually put forth effort, that's okay. Saturday night there was no effort. Yeah, I there saw was Suter no, smoking a cigarette on the was, power play. <laughs> He was coming. That was, you know, yeah, exactly. That's, I got nothing. I'm done. Oh, man. Uh, Mackie and Jeb with Rami, TCL Broadcast Studios. And you can find all kinds of on demand content at scorenorth.com. That's S K O R North.com. And Score North on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook.